the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is the third hour. The third hour of Pure Opelka. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. That's the phone number if you want to join the conversation. You can also be active on Twitter. I get all of your messages on Twitter. Thank you. Uh, at SP, SCP21, Stephen Phillips wrote, I worked at a McDonald's for years, years ago, and eggs have been pre-made for the better part of 10 years. Yeah, I wasn't slamming the pre-made eggs. It was more about the fact that McDonald's usually, they don't make, make anything on that griddle really anymore. So why couldn't they make fresh eggs? Now the Egg McMuffin does, as, as uh, Chef Ruiz told us, travels well. And I'm a fan. I just want to be able to get any McMuffin I want any time of day or night. McDonald's does have limited access. It used to be once 10 o'clock rolled around or 11 o'clock on the weekends, you could not get yourself anything in the breakfast menu from McDonald's. So uh, I'm just saying it's it's uh, nice to know. That this It's such a diverse audience, and I really do appreciate this audience more than I will ever be able to tell you. Now, looking at the headlines here as we're trying to monitor everything that's going on with, uh, with the situation in North Korea and everything else, there's a lot of noise being made today about the fact that a group of Donald Trump supporters... A group of Donald Trump supporters have stood up and basically talked about suspending the Constitution or something in 2020. Uh, and and I just want to ask people, what are you thinking of? What are you doing here? Really? What, what, what the hell are you thinking? I know. More than half the Republicans, according to the story in the New Republic, more than half... Republicans would be totally cool with Donald Trump postponing the 2020 election. Seriously, people. Seriously. More than half of the Republicans. I'm sure that's... This is polling data that's published in the Washington Post. Yesterday, or today, by Yeshiva University professor Ariel Malka and a UPenn professor... In their survey, they asked voters if Donald Trump were to say that the 2020 presidential election should be postponed until the company, the country can make sure only eligible American citizens can vote. Would you support or oppose postponing the election? Now, when you get all of that qualifying information in there, you can pretty much see how 52 percent of Republicans could say, well, yeah. Yeah. 56% said they would, they would be okay with it if both Trump and the GOP in Congress were behind it. Now, interesting thing is people are freaking out about this today. Interesting thing is you have 
many on the left saying, can you believe those Republicans? Can you believe those Republicans? They would be okay if Donald Trump would suspend the election. Well, let me throw something at you. Let me just throw a little bit of history at you, because you know how we love history on this show. When Barack Obama was elected, there's a guy in uh, Congress named Jose Serrano. He, he is a New York congressman. And Barack Obama was elected president, and Jose Serrano started pushing a bill that would repeal the 22nd Amendment and that would end term limits for U.S. presidents and, and then allow, as Serrano had hoped, President Obama to run for at least three terms. Now, there were zero co-sponsors of, of Serrano's bill, but nevertheless, nevertheless, he would put that bill up for consideration and introduce it every time Congress would meet from 2001 going forward. Every single time. He's not the first guy to do it either. It's, it's been introduced in the past in the Senate as well. Harry Reid, what a surprise. Harry Reid wanted the, the removal of the 22nd Amendment. Amazing, right? Bill Clinton, when he spoke with um, MSNBC in November, said uh, he too wanted the repeal of the 22nd Amendment. Shouldn't a president be allowed to take two terms, take some time off, and run again? Clinton said, I've always thought that should be the rule, I think, as a practical matter. You couldn't apply this to anyone who's already served. But going forward, I'm just saying, I personally believe this should be the rule. So before this, this latest polling data that people are freaking out about today, that progressives are losing their mind over today, that 52% of Republicans in this Washington Post survey, 52% are are thinking it'd be okay if President Trump were to suspend the 2020 election if he saw he would need to do that until we proved every single voter was an American citizen who was eligible. We should be able to do that anyway, shouldn't we? But in addition to the belief from Jose Serrano and Harry Reid and Bill Clinton that the 22nd Amendment needs to be uh, eliminated. Back in 2016, way back, all the way back in 2016, as a matter of fact, it was July of 2016, that 70% of Democrats, 70% of Democrats actually would have preferred Barack Obama in a third term over Hillary Clinton. 70 percent. That's a slight bit more than the uh, the 52 percent in this Washington Post poll, which really is focused on making sure an election doesn't happen until we verified everybody who can vote would vote. 70 percent. Amazing, right? At that same time in that poll, 80 percent 
of Democrats approved of Obama's job and how he was handling it. 80% last year. Hillary had only a 36% approval rating at the time. You wonder why she didn't win. The Democrats were fantasizing about a third term of Barack Obama. But instead, they had a horrible candidate. But the, the, again, that's, that's not on today's agenda. Today's agenda is when you watch the left freak out over this poll that says 52% of Republicans would be fine with Donald Trump suspending American democracy. That's qu- not quite the truth. That's only telling a little bit of the story. Just a teeny tiny bit. But then again, let's go back to the reality. That's a, that's a hypothetical. And the answer, you know, hypothetical questions get hypothetical answers. But the fact that Jose Serrano, starting in 2001, and every time Congress would meet, he would propose eliminating the 22nd Amendment specifically with the hopes, the dreams, the fantasy that Barack Obama could run until he's too tired of being president. Just amazing to me that people are losing their mind when this reality existed and and less than a year ago, 70% of, of Democrats would have preferred a third term of Obama. And if they want a third term, you want to bet that they'd want a fourth term and ultimately a fifth so that somebody could break that FDR record. So when you see stories like that, it's important to go back, especially when you're dealing with your progressive friends, your liberal friends who say, oh, yeah, well, you guys would be all for suspending the elections if, if Donald Trump wanted to. That's really not the story. The story is about making sure every vote is legitimate. And it really is important. Stepping aside, when we get back, you know that soda tax in Illinois? And there was a soda tax in Philly recently, too. The, the sugary drink tax, whatever it is. They've just discovered a kind of a big problem in Chicago. Kind of a huge problem in Chicago that this, just the, the fact that this tax exists is going to cause a major problem in how many welfare dollars Chicago and the state of Illinois will be receiving. The laws of unintended consequences are coming to deliver a little smackdown to Chicago and the state of Illinois over its soda tax. Yeah, I'm having a little schadenfreude moment, and I'll share it with you after the break. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. And uh, 
Boy, oh boy, I I talked briefly about the Cheetos restaurant and suddenly I'm getting direct messages. Are you going? Can you get another ticket? Can we go? Can we, you want to go to the Cheetos? Okay, all right, we'll deal with it. We'll see if we can squeeze out of our connections. (laughs) Oh, it's what makes people crazy for dumb things like that? I know, what makes me crazy for dumb things like that? Because you want to be able to say, yeah, uh, I was at the Cheetos restaurant the other day. And someone just go, wait, what did you just say? Yeah, I was at the Cheetos restaurant the other day. You know, Cheetos restaurant. Yeah, I had the Cheetos cheesecake. It was killer. I had Cheetos fried chicken. No, I, I'm just going not for the food, but for the oddity of it. Before we went away, speaking of the oddity... We always like to talk about small government, how smaller government is better. We, we explain that historical example in British India when the British government thought it had a brilliant idea. They were going to offer a bounty for any of those cobras so that if you would bring a cobra into the local constabulary, we would give you some money, some rupees, if you will. And then the people started raising the cobras and breeding them. And before long, they were spending too much money giving the reward for the cobras being brought into the constabulary. And so the government said, you know, this program ain't working. We're going to end it. And what happened? Everybody set their cobras loose which created an even bigger problem. So well done, big government. I'm always a fan of smaller, smaller, less invasive government. It goes right down to Matt Kibbe's mantra for libertarians. Don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Less is more. More freedom happens when government is smaller. So when I look at Illinois, God, I am a son of Illinois. And now I look at it and I say, I am embarrassed. I want to deny you, Illinois. Illinois just enacted this uh, soda tax in Cook County. That's the county where Chicago is. I think it may be the biggest or one of the biggest counties in the country. Cook County, it's a penny an ounce, I believe, is the tax on sugary drinks. They're calling it the soda pop tax because it's soda pop. But it's also on a lot of different beverages, and it's a penny an ounce. So if you get a 16-ounce can, 16 extra cents per can goes to the cost of your soda. And in effect, this tax has made soda more expensive than beer. Now, there's an interesting conundrum. What are we telling people? What message are we giving people? Well, soda's better for you than beer, is it? Well, maybe not. But now here's another problem, an $87 million problem that Illinois faces. Illinois, a state that's already teetering on the brink of bankruptcy. Illinois that has an unfunded pension problem that is only growing bigger every day because the the givebacks to the public unions were so massive and so generous because 
Democrats wanted to get reelected. So every time those negotiations came up in order to prevent a strike, they gave amazing benefits to all those people in those public union jobs, whether they were teachers or cops or firemen. And I want every cop and every fireman to earn every nickel they get, and they are deserved of it. But when the unions rape the government with the pensions that allow people to take the last two or three years of their of their work before they retire and bolster that pension with excessive overtime, you have to ask if it's fair. Is it fair? So Illinois already has this problem. They already have this burgeoning crisis that is creeping up on them and actually picking up momentum. And Illinois is one of the probably four states that I would expect to see bankruptcy or serious problems within the next three years. So for Illinois or Cook County to face the loss of $87 million in federal funding, that's pretty damn significant. And it all has to do with the soda tax. $87 million in federal food stamp money being withheld if Illinois can't figure it out. And it all comes down to the fact that the county has told retail outlets that purchases made with food stamps are exempt from the soda tax under federal law. But they also said it's, it's also allowed for retails to tax those purchases and then provide refunds as a workaround for the stores that haven't been able to refit or rewrite their point of sale systems. So because of all this and this wackiness that's going on, the Department of Agriculture, which runs the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, food stamps, also known as SNAP, warned Illinois that they're going to withhold that federal money until they straighten it out. $87 million. It's nine days into the problem. Illinois is already facing a, back, a backlash from the people who are saying, are you kidding me? You have made beer cheaper than soda because of this dumb tax. And now you're going to tell me that because you've screwed this thing up so badly, Cook County's going to lose out on $87 million in federal food stamp funding because of the dumb soda tax. Well done, Illinois. Well done. Keep, keep building on top of this framework. You build it high enough, it's just going to come crumbling down on top of itself. It's an embarrassment. The soda tax in Philadelphia cost, I think it was somewhere around 300 jobs. The bottlers had to fire people and lay people off because people just stopped buying the soda because... The soda tax. Smaller government creates more freedom. Speaking of freedom, let's talk about what happened in Cuba and why we are throwing Cuban diplomats out of this country. We'll get into that next on Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, that's really good news that Buck Sexton is is back live. He's doing his syndicated show live on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm very excited about that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Buck and I are old friends. Buck uh, was brought into the Blaze early on. TheBlaze.com was a national security writer for The Blaze. He also appeared on something called Real News. The Blaze was uh, the antithesis of fake news. We were real news. We had a nightly television show called Real News, and it featured Buck Saxton and uh, Jedediah Bila and a couple others that have gone on to uh, big and better things as well. So I'm very happy that Buck, whose radio career started at The Blaze, is now grown and uh, still on The Blaze. But he now has a nationally syndicated show. Buck and I are in touch. So I I should, uh, you know, we should see if we can get Buck on tomorrow to give us a, a little bit of a national security breakdown on the North Korean story. So I'll reach out to Buck. Yeah, we do go way back, and yes, we do stay in touch. He's one of my favorite people. Not that there are less than favorite people at The Blaze. There's a great bunch of people that work here at TheBlaze.com. It's like I said at the very start of the show, I'm a happy ass. I love my job. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the radio, but I'm very happy about this job. Now, Cuba. What the hell's going on with Cuba? This this story just kind of sneaked out yesterday during the uh, State Department briefing when Heather Nauert was live talking about uh, the situation in North Korea and talking about America speaking with one united voice. So I, this one kind of sneaked in under the wire. The story that, that we have expelled a couple of, of uh, Cuban diplomats from America, told you, pack your bags and get out. Two Cuban diplomats in May have been given the boot from the Washington embassy. And why? It was in response to something that's been going on in Havana Something that's actually kind of nasty. The State Department says that there were workers stationed at the American embassy in Cuba. And those workers were victims of a, of a, of a silent attack, what they call an acoustic attack. Something that uses weapons that can make you lose your hearing. These are silent sonic weapons that was apparently being used against several different State Department employees who were working at the American Embassy. They were bombarded with this or struck with this sometime in 2016, 
all experienced uh, similar symptoms. They were things that were just like you got a concussion. The State Department told CNN at least two people suffered serious health problems and had to be removed from Havana to the United States in order to get treatment. One of which, one of the two employees who were seriously hurt by this had to be hospitalized and is believed to have permanent hearing loss. The quote from the report from one of the officials said it's very strange. They still don't understand really the attack. Many different systems or symptoms, many different sources. And obviously the government, because it's a sensitive diplomatic situation, trying to be careful in what they say. But you lose your hearing because you're being bombarded by a sonic weapon. The Cubans, of course, are throwing their hands in the air and going, we had nothing to do with this. We had nothing to do with this. And I take you back to yesterday when we talked about the Cuban Missile Crisis and the fact that the Cuban government was like, nothing to see here. There's nothing going on here. Oh, here are the satellite photos of the Russian missiles being put into the ground in Cuba. Oh, well, wait a minute. Then, yeah, you're right. The FBI is investigating. The State Department has its own investigation. And yet we don't really know. And this happened, this had to happen over the, a long period of time. We kicked two Cubans out. We kicked them out because we expelled them. Because this happened and this was, this was the way, I guess, you know, it's, it's one for one. So we lost two employees. And now apparently the um, children of the embassy workers and the embassy families were not injured. So it was just the grown-ups that this hit. But serious enough that somebody would lose their hearing. Somebody would lose completely lose their hearing being bombarded by a sonic weapon. And they didn't even know it was hitting them. The Russians are suspected of being in league with the Cubans and making this happen. Gee, what a surprise that would be that Years later, after the Cuban Missile Crisis, we now have, as the New York Post dubbed it, and I give them complete credit for this headline, the Cuban Whistle Crisis. I'm very nervous about this. I wonder, I'm sure we all have, uh, all. when I say we, I mean the, the big nations and the Security Council, we're all looking for weapons to use against our adversaries that are silent and undetectable. And in the case of a sonic weapon, it's kind of frightening to think that somebody could actually start shooting things at uh, people. They didn't even know they were getting barraged by this. And then these people are absolutely injured. And in, in the case, one injured for life. You lose your hearing. So God help them. God, God bless him. I, I want to, you know, Marco Rubio has, has been commenting on this. Marco Rubio, of course, because of, of his history, his uh, family's history. He said the incidents were just the latest examples of harassment towards our diplomats in Cuba. Um, 
Rubio was quoted by NPR as saying the Cuban government has been harassing U.S. personnel for decades. This has not stopped with President Obama's appeasement, but personal harm to U.S. officials shows the extent the Castro regime will go and clearly violates international norms. Yeah, I think this is a big freaking deal. And how much how much coverage have you seen on this? Almost nothing. Almost nothing on this. It, it was a blip on the radar yesterday. So uh, I'm, I'm glad it's starting to pop up again. I want to thank the New York Post for covering it. And you know what? NPR, you get, a, you get an attaboy on this one, too, because you didn't let this one go away. Very, very bizarre story. Uh, Lindsey Graham is apparently weighing in as we're waiting on the latest update from the uh, Security Council and um, the security advisors to the president on what we're going to do with Cuba. But Lindsey Graham is, is weighing in on what would happen because a lot of people are concerned about a, a preemptive strike. I believe this is the senator. This. I would not fire one missile or drop one bomb against North Korea unless we were ready to finish the job. I would not drop one bomb or fire one missile against North Korea unless we are ready to finish the job. That's a pretty heavy-duty statement from Lindsey Graham. I like Lindsey Graham's uh, foreign policy, especially when it comes to protecting Israel. And I think he's got a lot of clarity from, uh, from, a, from a military perspective from his 33 years serving this, this country in uniform. Not just as a senator, but in uniform, as a JAG. So we will we'll monitor what the Graham Index says. But his, to his thinking, and it sounds a little bit like what you would expect General Mattis to say, I would not fire one missile or drop one bomb unless unless we are ready to finish the job. Now, what's the job? Is the job just the removal of Kim Jong-un, or is it the removal of all of that military program in North Korea? Two very different topics. Michael Pelka, stepping aside. When we get back, I got a couple crazy stories I need to get to, plus an update on Bubby, and if maybe you decided you were going to join my cause this week, and you were going to skip lunch and donate what maybe you would have eaten on lunch to help this little guy who's fighting the mitochondrial disease that Charlie Gard fought. And if we have time, Chuck Woolery's got a new truth minute out there, and it deals with Clemson University. And maybe we'll lead with that next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Pelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Still have a little bit of business to do before we get out of here. Reminding you, Relief Factor is what helps me. And if you have uh, irritation and inflammation in your knees, your hips, your back, your neck, your wrists, your joints, Relief Factor might help you. It's all natural. 
it's come from uh, it comes from a mixture of botanicals and uh, wild harvested fish oil, and it is made to work with your body to reduce that inflammation, which is where the pain comes from. Now, I got the three-week quick start pack in April. April 7th, I started taking it. I keep the packets with me in my computer bag. I take them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And guess what? Eight days later, it, it's, it's noticeably improving my health. I now have added a, a fast walk every morning at, at uh, 7 o'clock. I take a two-hour, a two-mile walk, two-hour, a two-mile speed walk every day. Try Relief Factor. Get the three-week quick start pack. It's nineteen ninety-five. 80% of the people who get it, reorder it. Go to relieffactor.com or give them a call. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It works for me. I hope it does the same for you because you can get your life back. Relief Factor. Before we get out of here, do I have time to get all this in? I hope so. We didn't... Um, we didn't get to say goodbye earlier in the week to uh, Haruo Nakajima. He died at the age of 88. Haruo Nakajima was, uh, was a legend in, world, in the world of cinema. I'm a fan of, of uh, we used to call them monster movies. They, uh, they were just crazy monster movies. Cheesier the better. Nakajima was the guy, the first actor to put on the gigantic Godzilla suit. It was a 200-pound rubber suit. And he was just 25 years old, a stuntman. And he, he wore it in the first four movies, some of the most f famous movies ever. But he played the part of Godzilla. And if you've ever seen some of the early Godzilla movies, the 1954 Godzilla movie, you know what I'm talking about. We lost a legend this week. I know, all week long I've been teasing you guys. Yes, there's a Hollywood legend we need to say goodbye to. Trust me. E even if you just Google or look on YouTube for the Godzilla 1954 trailer and you see the ridiculous movie that, that was made with this giant creature... Nakajima, 25 years old, had to, had to stumble around the set of the miniature building, stomping on them and knocking over power lines. 200-pound suit. He was the greatest. A giant lizard made, made into a monster by radioactivity. <laughs> so uh, rest in peace, Mr. Nakajima. You gave us endless hours of, of fright and silliness all at the same time. We appreciate it. We absolutely appreciate it. Donald Trump facing uh, a little bit of questions a few minutes ago about the possibility of preemptive strike on North Korea. Initially said, we don't talk about that. And then we'll see what happens. I'm betting on the we don't talk about that. And maybe we'll be a little more patient because I think the ball is now in Kim Jong-un's court. So we shall see what we shall see. 
go to my Twitter account at StuntBrain, please. And if you can help out, if you want to join my quest to try and help little baby Bubby and help, maybe you skip lunch for Bubby. Russell Bubby Cruzan. He's the kid fighting the DNA depletion syndrome, syndrome, the mitochondrial problem that also had Charlie Gard's life taken away from him. It's early in the diagnosis. Maybe we can help. If you just skip lunch, maybe one day, we can help little Bubby get the treatment, especially now that his insurance company is saying, uh, no, we, we don't think uh, you need that. Let's try and do something for this little guy. Michael Pelka and Piero Pelka will be here tomorrow. Let's have a little bit of a party. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Podcasts that take on the issues of the day. And those countries are dominated. And what allows them to perpetuate the jihadist mentality is the sense that the state's identity is Islam. And as long as the state's identity is Islamic, from that will flow the idea that the state's... The Blaze Radio Network. On Demand.